Welcome to One Shot, One Life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. And now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad. Doug Fitzgerald. Welcome to One Shot One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, joined by my amazing team of producers, and uh, we're broadcasting live from the KLN studios in the heart of America, Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We are so grateful that you tune in each and every week. It makes our day, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is go to oneshotonelife.com. You can scroll to the bottom of the page. You can get contact information, but just reach out. We'd love to hear from you, and we're going to talk more about that here in just a minute. Well, each week, it is our deep-down desire to help people stop worrying and start winning in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, and your overall hopes and dreams. So each week, we are proud to bring in experts in each of these areas who share proven and effective advice to help us all be successful in our lives. Uh, we also bring in great people who have amazing and inspiring stories just to encourage us on uh, every single day. And I'm so grateful, uh, not only for the guests that we have in, because we have great guests not only in the past, but we have some great ones lined up here over the next several weeks uh, and months to come. So tune into One Shot, One Life. You're going to hear some great uh, some great from some great people, but I'm also um, very grateful to be joined by my amazing team, including my executive producer Josh Floyd. So, Josh, thanks for all you do each and every week. My pleasure, sir. And you know, we're continuing to grow at One Shot One Life. We're excited to uh, announce um, that we're adding to the family. Becky Lindquist, uh, she is a dear friend of our family. She's now going to be my executive assistant, helping me uh, with various topics and various responsibilities and aspects of growing our message to get it out, not just to America, but to the entire world. She's someone uh, that's dear to our family. Plus, her husband, who's also been involved in these talks and, and uh, uh, on board with what we do, uh, he's been a part of this process and decision as well. So we appreciate that. Uh, we're grateful to Becky and excited to have her uh, part of the One Shot, One Life family. So welcome aboard. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, today's going to be an awesome show. Uh, we're going to hear from some of the most powerful pieces of advice from some of our amazing guests that have joined us on One Shot, One Life over the past couple of years. Uh, we've had so many fun and entertaining guests, um, and they provided some incredible encouragement, information, and insight into helping us live the best lives possible in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. Now, all of our guests on the show have been great, uh, but we've just I wish we had hours to do this because we could share all, all the guests that we've had on because they, you know, they provided so much great info. But today we're going to pare that down a little bit and hear from some great people, including uh, small business expert Pat Miller, health and fitness expert and creator of P90X, Tony Horton, career expert and New York Times bestselling author, Dan Miller, relationships expert, Tracy Morrow, plus other guests who are going to answer our multiplier questions, which I can't get, wait to get to. Those are like literal, like 60-second golden nuggets of wisdom um, that people talk about after they hear them. So they're great clips. We're excited for you to hear them. And if you uh, want to go back and hear all the great guests that we've had in the past, check out our podcast. Um, you can hear all the episodes there. Josh, how can people find it? You can just search in your favorite podcast application. You can search one shot, all one word, one life, 
all one word, and find all of our previous shows right there. You can download them so you can listen to them on the go. You don't have to have Wi-Fi or anything. You just plug it in and hit play, and there we are. And we love your thoughts and opinions as well. So if you are listening and you know somebody who you think would make a great guest on the show, all you have to do is go to OneShotOneLife.com, and you can send us a message straight from there. We would love to hear from you. All right, well, let's close out this segment by hearing from small business expert, friend of the show, and fellow syndicated radio show host, Pat Miller. Pat launched his brand new syndicated radio show called The Pat Miller Show earlier this year. His show focuses on helping small business entrepreneurs flourish and succeed by working together on your business, not in it. And each week he brings in entrepreneurs to share their specific struggles, solutions, and wins. Plus, a small business expert shares their tips on how to grow and develop and take advantage of the opportunities in front of them. So to end the first segment here, I'd like to play a powerful clip where Pat shared about the benefits of owning your own business and why it's so important to pursue your dreams. Man, I tell you what, if you're an entrepreneur or if you know somebody, you know, if you know somebody who's a business owner or entrepreneur, uh, maybe even they have a side hustle and trying to, to make, you know, extra income along the way, man, have them check out uh, all that Pat's doing, the radio show. We'll talk about the website as well and the community. Now, Pat, um, as we, you know, as you built this business, built this community and developed it, uh, I'm going to ask you the question that the Acton students asked me. What are the benefits that you experience as an entrepreneur? The biggest one is freedom. If you can learn how to be an entrepreneur and feed your family and take care of your obligations and secure your future, as soon as you have those basic needs met, freedom, absolute freedom. Yep. I can set my schedule how I want. I can do what's important to me and my family. And I can follow my curiosities and passions because the thing that I've realized and what led me to leave the radio industry initially and why it's so sweet to come back to now is in complete alignment with your show. Life is too short to build someone else's dream. Mm. And if you're out there giving your time and your talent and your passion to somebody else and it doesn't fuel you, you're not thrilled every single day, man, you are going to regret it. I don't know when, but you're going to regret it. And I woke up building someone else's dream. And that is the biggest payoff as being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. the freedom to intellectually pursue what is meaningful to me and the freedom to take care of my family and lead the life that I want. <laughs> that was gold. That <laughs> yeah, was gold. We have to put that on the show next week. Man, that's, that's, <laughs> that's so that's good. good answer. And just all, and we, the reason why is we've all understood that in the studio and with talking with you, we've, we've experienced these things because we, you know, we have the entrepreneur heart. Not, and I know it's not for everybody. Right. I know that that some people need to be part of a team, right, where they're helping and serving and helping other people get to where they want to go. But, man, if you've got that desire, like Pat said, it's, you know, time to step out. Right. Um, like my friend Tracy Morrow tells me, like, I like to push people off the cliff. What are you dreaming about? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go and take that step to do it? If you're interested in hearing more of that interview with Pat Miller, you can check it out on our podcast from December 10th, 2022. Plus, check out his website at ideacollectiveincubator.com. That's ideacollectiveincubator.com. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll hear a very powerful clip from fitness expert and creator of P90X, Tony Horton. We'll also hear from career expert and New York Times bestselling author, Dan Miller. So stick around. You are listening to America's show that will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. Time to stop worrying and start winning. 
This is One Shot, One Life. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. We want to welcome our new affiliates and listeners joining us on amazing radio stations all across the United States. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, today we're celebrating the first two years of One Shot, One Life by highlighting some of the most memorable guests that we've had on. Um, you know, we don't have enough time to play each clip from every guest, but if we did, because of all the great guests we've had, we would absolutely do it. And because of the hard work of our team, you can always enjoy the previous episodes of all of our shows on our podcast. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcasting app and search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word. Well, Tony Horton, he's the health and expert, uh, health and fitness expert and also the creator of P90X, also a dear friend of the show and a dear friend of mine. He joined us back in January, and he provided some amazing insight on how he handles stress and sadness in his life. This one is so powerful. Tony, before we jump into the callers, I know Josh had a question um, earlier today that he was asking me. He's like, hey, do you think I can ask Tony this? I'm like, heck yeah. So, Josh, what do you have? Tony, obviously, you're basically a household name. You've helped millions and millions of people get fit and get happy and healthy. You've worked one-on-one with A-list celebrities. You've you've beaten crippling disease. Um you're you're an inspiration, um, but I'd like to 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 ask a little bit more in depth about. Well, first of all, do you ever get sad? Not not necessarily when you're talking about after um, you you know you lost your friend and you know you're dealing with the very painful disease you had. But like you know Tony Horton, he's a very happy guy. If you've watched any of your videos, I mean you you're super charismatic. But do you ever just get sad and get depressed. And I'm assuming I know the answer. So I'd like to ask also, like, what do you kind of do to pull yourself up by the bootstraps? Josh, that is, first of all, an awesome question. Because I don't (laughs) think in all the, I've done hundreds of interviews and no one has ever asked me that before. Um, So I really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a human being and, and life is not difficult. Uh, this pandemic has not made it, made it easy. I mean, I know people have passed away. I know people who have gotten desperately ill and, you know, are still still struggling. And so when you see that kind of pain and anguish in the world, then you just see what's happening in the world in general. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a news watcher, right? So uh, it's just, oh, I get so frustrated when I see that, you know, there are still really horrible, mean, terrible people in the world that just aren't considering other people, you know, yeah. I mean, other differences and whatnot. And it makes me super depressed. And, and really sad, you know, there's not much I can do unless, you know, I open up my checkbook or something. I mean, I've, we've got a dear friend, uh, this guy, Scott Pfeiffer, who started this company called Go Campaign. And, you know, he was a screenwriter and an attorney and he was doing just fine. He went off to Africa, to Tanzania, and he saw these kids at this orphanage and he just said, well, this is not being run very well and I'll see what I can do. So he came back to the States and said, that's it. I'm not going to screenwrite. I'm not going to be an attorney anymore. I'm going to do this. And he's, he's helped about 150,000 orphans around the world from, from Tanzania to Tennessee, right? Wow. So. You know, there's a guy who just, you know, he was so sad and depressed because of what, what he witnessed. And and he's, you know, he's made a huge change. Now, I've, you know, I've worked with him and helped raise money for his kids. So things like that are a, a way of getting out of it. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. And a lot of people don't realize this. And I talk about it a lot, a lot of interviews. But when I'm, I'm whenever I'm really down, it's either meditation of some kind or playing music or Sean and I will go into my gym and dance around. You know what I mean? Just sort of changing the di- the the you know, Tony Robbins talks about, you know, paradigm shift, just like, boom, just, this is not how I want to feel. What do I need to do? It's time to go for a walk. It's time to exercise, it's time to meditate, it's time to dance or, or whatever it is, or play some, you know, play some Zeppelin. I mean, that always works for me. <laughs> um, but sometimes, you know, there's real, there's real more serious sadness and, and that's going to require, um, you know, time, 
you know, time. I mean, if somebody like when my mother passed away and my father passed away, <clears throat> it was brutal. You know, I mean, just especially my father died like that. My mother was <clears throat> had a long term illness with cancer, but neither one of them made it easy. But but yeah. But, you know, the one thing is I can say is that, you, you know, the, the four things that I do is the supplementation, the exercise, the, the mindfulness and and uh, the whole shebang. Uh, that mitigates things to some degree, and it also accelerates the healing process a little bit, you know, because it's all about brain chemistry, norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, all inside the hippo, uh, hippocampus. Inside the hippocampus is, the, is this thing called the dentate gyrus. It's this little tiny thing, and, and when you crack open the brain of somebody who's never exercised or has a horrible diet, that thing is black. It's dead, and that, it, that explains. That's why people end up with, you know, terminal curmudgeon disorder. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I sometimes suffer from uh, early onset curmudgeon disorder. So I'm, you know, that's why I do what I do, man, is try to keep the smile on my face more often than not. And so, so far what I'm doing and how that, you know, my, all these different practices in my life, you know, keep the sadness and depression at bay, but they're still there. So, you know, that's, that's life. Uh, that's a great question. Thanks, Josh, for asking. Yeah, we're going to dig into your power of four in the next segment. Uh, you can check that out as well at powernationfitness.org. Tony recently launched his new fitness platform called Power Nation Fitness, where he has hundreds of his own personal workouts, along with experts in the areas of meal planning and mental health. You can check it out at PowerNationFitness.org. That's PowerNationFitness.org. And if you're interested in hearing more of that interview with Tony Horton, you can check it out on our podcast from January 15th, 2022. All right, let's turn things over to a career expert and a business expert. His name is Dan Miller. He's a career expert and New York Times bestselling author of three books, 48 Days to the Work You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays, and Wisdom Meets Passion. He's been a guest on CBS, uh, The Early Show, MSNBC, The Dave Ramsey Show, and several others as well. And he has helped hundreds of thousands of individuals redirect their careers, evaluate new income sources, and achieve balanced living. In this clip, Dan talks about the power of significance. All right. Well, our guest today is Dan Miller. Dan is a New York Times bestselling author and career expert. Dan, um, in the latest segment, you shared your life story and why you wrote the book, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love. Let's dig into some of those powerful principles you share in the book. Now, as I begin working uh, with each of my clients, uh, oftentimes uh, as they evaluate their lives and careers, just like you were saying earlier in the first segment, they'll tell me that they feel that form of discontent in their lives and their jobs, like um, you know they're doing something insignificant and feeling like they were meant for a lot more than what they're currently doing and that sometimes they feel like they've lost their opportunity to fully live out their hopes and dreams. Dan, where do you suggest someone start as they look at developing a life and career of significance and satisfaction? Yeah, absolutely. Really foundational question for this whole process. And it's the same whether you're 15 or 65, wherever you happen to be. Identify three areas. Number one, your skills and abilities. And that's why a little life experience really helps in this process. It's easier to do this when you're 45 and asking these questions like you asked at the outset of the show today right. than when you're 18 because life experience helps us clarify. And a lot of times those initial two or three jobs, the most value of those is to help us understand what we don't want to do. So it's a clarifying process. But so wherever you are, what are your skills and abilities, not just what you can do, but what you enjoy doing. Number two, what are your personality traits? This sometimes gets overlooked. 
there's no right or wrong, good or bad here, but identify how do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? How do you manage, persuade, sell? All those things, no matter what it is. If you're shy and introverted, that's fine. You don't have to change who you are. But understanding who you are is a really big piece of this. And then the third thing is values, dreams, and passions. Mm. Now, and we need to trust those. You know, a lot of times those are overlooked. You know, those are kind of pushed to the side. So if somebody enjoys art or music or poetry or sculpture, you know, people are likely to say, well-meaning parents and teachers, well, that's fine, but you have to do something that's practical and realistic. And thus, Great ideas, great talent oftentimes gets buried. So it's those three things. Take a fresh look. Again, if you just went through a job loss, that's fine. It's a good time to draw that line in the sand. What are my skills and abilities? What are my personality traits? What are my values, dreams, and passions? And those mature, those develop over time. They may not be exactly the same as they were 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But that's the starting point. Josh, you had a question for Dan I thought was really good, and this might be a great time to ask that. Yeah, it's kind of along the same lines as as Doug's question. So I have a very good friend of mine um, who he's had just a few jobs since I've known him. He has the ability to stay with a job. Um, But unfortunately, I think um, a lot of the reason he's able to stay with a job is because I I don't think that in his heart he believes that he deserves to have a good job. So he'll have a job that he... He's just kind of miserable at, and he's probably about the last person to realize that he's miserable um, when he has one of those jobs. And uh, it it breaks my heart to see it. And I just wanted to ask you, um, Dan, how how can how can I start that conversation? How can I kind of start guiding him to to help him to understand that that he doesn't have to be miserable just to make money and he can still be a good provider? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really tough spot to be in. And a lot of people think they're being responsible mm-hmm. by just continuing in something where they're in what I call comfortable misery. Emerson talked about divine discontent, exactly what you're describing, Josh, that sense that this isn't really it. There's just that unrest. We need to trust that, not try to bury that, but trust that. That's an indication. Something's out of alignment here. And here's the deal. I mean, a lot of people think, well, I just need to keep this job. You know, it's got a 401k program and I get a reasonable paycheck. So I need to just stay here. I've got a vested retirement due in 13 years. I mean, just a horrible picture of just endurance there. Mm. No, Mm -hmm. life is too short for that. And it doesn't mean you're going to be irresponsible because if you move into that sweet spot that blends passion, talent, and money, it's a whole lot easier to generate money when you're doing something where you really feel like you're in the flow, where you love what you're doing. It's a whole lot easier. So people who think they're being responsible because they're getting a good paycheck, they're overlooking an opportunity to move in something that may double or triple that. See, the expectation is, well, this must be selfish to move into something that I really love. And if I did that, then my paycheck would go down. We always assume less if we move toward what we enjoy when actually the experience shows us the reverse is true. You know, in the book, uh, it goes along with this, Dan, you talk about the zone of genius. And I think you have four different uh, levels there. What is that? And walk us through the zone of genius. 
you know, this is something that really changed my work, my weekly routine. And I'll, I'll tell you why as we go through these. So I was part of a program called Strategic Coach, and we identified how we use our time. And once we went through and listed everything we did, and I listed about 40 things that I was doing in a, in a given week, then we had to identify which of those are incompetent. I get them done, but I'm really not good at doing those. Somebody else could do them much better. So incompetent and then competent. Things that I do pretty well, but probably anybody else could step in and do it as well. Then things that are excellent. You know, things that I'm known for, things that keep the cash flow coming, things that I'm excellent. But what about the zone of genius? Those things that only I can do. Things that are unique to me, to my unique background experience, academic experience, and all. Zone of genius. When I started this process, I was spending about 25% of my time in my zone of genius. My goal was to get to 75% of my time there. And I pretty well accomplished that as we begin this new year, 2022. But, and, and here's, here's my recommendation. Those things where you are incompetent, eliminate. Whatever you do, have to do, you eliminate that. Competent activities, delegate. Mm. Excellent, systematize. And then zone of genius, expand. Now, I know not everybody has the capability in what, it, what work you're doing to make those kind of adjustments, but you should, even if you're in a traditional job, you should be able to recognize those things and more and more move toward your zone of genius. But that has, that has given me so much peace and also so much margin. I've been surprised at how much freedom I have as I did a better job of delegating and systematizing and eliminating, giving myself more time for my zone of genius. Is that and, and that for me is to, you know, is to, to think and to write, to explore writings that have been done in the past, and then to create content that can inspire people and help them find their own zone of genius today. Does that help you then find more contentment in what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like taking a deep, breath of fresh air mm. when you do that, because that's where, I mean, we, we talk about historically, we talk about athletes being in the zone when they, everything just really right. comes together. Right. Yeah. And that's what this is. So anybody can experience that same feeling, even if you're not an athlete zone of genius, that's that really precious spot where everything is just clicking and you're being, you're being productive, profitable, at peace with what you're doing and loving your life. If you're interested in hearing more of that interview and the show with Dan Miller, you can check it out on our podcast from April 2nd, 2022. You can also check out everything that Dan is doing by going to 48days.com, 48days.com. I highly recommend that you go there and check out all that Dan is providing because it can help you out, especially in the area of career. Well, it's time to take another quick break. And when we return, we're going to hear from our dear friend, Tracy Morrow. Tracy is a relationships expert from John Maxwell Enterprises, and she's going to share some juicy details on how to develop clear communication within your marriage. You're listening to America's show that will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. You only have one shot in this amazing one life, helping you make every single day count. This is One Shot, One Life. 
Welcome back to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, joined by my executive producer, Josh Floyd, as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we had Tracy Morrow here. Tracy is the relationships expert for personal growth and leadership for Maxwell Enterprises. That's the company founded by one of the top leadership experts in the entire world, John C. Maxwell. Uh, she's also the co-host uh, co for the John Maxwell Leadership Podcast, too. Now, she's been married to Casey for over 30 years. They have six great kids. Actually, now they've got two grandkids. Just got notified yesterday that they have a brand new little baby grand granddaughter. So Yay. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're very excited in the in the Marl household. Um, so she definitely knows a thing or two about having successful relationships. Uh, she's also a speaker, business owner, author of the best-selling book, Real Life, Marriage, and just a great friend of the show. Now, in this clip, she shares some of her best tips on how to have a truly successful marriage that you love coming home to. Plus, the principles that she shares can also help you develop deep and meaningful relationships with anyone in your life. And in her book, Real Life Marriage, Tracy talks about her five C's for successful marriage and relationships in general. And in this clip, she shares with us her second C, which is communication. Well, Tracy, it's so good having you on the show. That first segment was was wonderful. Uh, thanks again for being here. Now, over the past uh, couple of years, you have been writing a book, and I've been following you on this journey. It's called Real Life Marriage, Navigating Your Beautiful, Messy, One-of-A-Kind Love Story, which is going to be released on June 7th. And by the way, side note, you can pre-order that right now at Amazon.com. Here's the thing, Tracy. I love the words messy and one-of-a-kind love story in your book because it's so true about marriage and relationships in general uh, with people that we deeply love. What is the core message of the book, and what principles do you share with the reader that they can utilize in their own lives? The core message of the book is that if both people are willing to work, there are tools out there for you to make it work. You just have to be willing to take up those, pick up those tools and put them to work. And they are clunky at first. And so then I share those tools. So one night I woke up in the middle of the night. I had insomnia. It's that age and stage of life that I'm in. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and I lay there and I pray and I, and then I could not fall back asleep. So then I, I just started like thinking about our marriage and how far we'd come. And my prayers turned to what I like to do is not just prayers of asking for things, but prayers of gratitude of like mm. thanking God for how far we've come and memories of some of the hard times. And then memories of where we are th thoughts of where we are today and thanking God of how far we've come. And then ideas like, pieces started coming to my mind and connecting dots of like, wow, I started to see almost like that we had, we had with all the books that I read and all of the things that I, you know, learned and talked to people and been in Bible studies and small groups. And I'm a person of faith. And so I was, I, I heard lots of things and tried to put lots of pieces together along with the family that I had and the conversations that we had. But I started to see a pattern that Casey and I had followed without really even meaning to. Mm -hmm. So in the book, I talk about the, these five C's. And um, <laughs> when Casey read the book, he's like, did we talk about the five C's? I'm like, <laughs> no, he goes, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm losing it. I don't remember us ever talking about the five C's. No, but they just so happened to all start with five with C, but I started thinking about like, wow, there actually was a pattern that we followed without really meaning to, we just kind of fell into this pattern. And so I got up and I started writing this book. I first started journaling and then the journal kind of, it turned into kind of like an outline. And then I just started writing and, um, 
And I, and I just, I'm, I was so excited, you know, writing a book, it takes a long time. It, um, for me, it took a long time. Some people, it doesn't take as long as me, but for me, it was just a real process of who am I to write a book? There's a million books out there, but, but what I think why I wanted to really put it down was, you know, I think what one of the biggest pieces is marriage expectations. We all had it. We, when we got married, I'm sure, you know, um, if you're married, you, you went into your marriage with expectations that we're human. We all do hopes, dreams, but also expectations. And they say that disappointment is where expectations meet reality. Mm. And a lot of times our expectations are things that we haven't even verbalized. Like we have a hope and a dream of what we think is going to be that we maybe had never even told anybody. Like we just had a picture in our mind. So like, I don't know, I don't hate to put you on the spot, but let's just say, do you guys, did you have an expectation? Does something come to mind that either of you had, like when you got married, that you had an expectation of marriage that just pops into mind? It's okay if it doesn't, but do you have, did you, did something pop to mind? Well, what popped to mind for me is I didn't think necessarily that we would argue much in our marriage. And the reason why is because I really didn't see that with my folks. Um, whenever mm-hmm. they did have an argument, we never saw it. So, same. Same. so when arguments came, they got frustrating because I didn't know how to deal with it. Right. <laughs> Tammy didn't know how to deal with me. Right. Exactly. And that irritation starts to build over time. And then if you don't learn how to, to deal with conflict, right. Uh, and have resolution to that, it just continues to build into this mm-hmm. ugly mess in your, you know, in your emotion. And you're like, maybe we grew apart. Maybe we're the wrong couple. Maybe I married the wrong person. Maybe we just are a bad cu- Maybe we just don't fit. What about you, Josh? Can anything pop to mind? Oh boy, I'm I'm trying to think, and uh, I grew up in a very traditional household, so like my expectations were, I was going to work my butt off, and Crystal was going to be at home taking care of the kids, which is not a bad thing, but it's right. uh, kind of worked out to be the opposite of, <laughs> of that because now I'm I'm a full time student and I have a couple of side jobs, but I um, and we do have a daycare, but like I I get little man up and and get him out the door and stuff like that, and so it kind of it turned my idea. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong camera. Johnny's yelling. <laughs> it it turned my idea of of what what marriage was kind of on its ear, in a yeah. good way, I would say. In a good way, but then there's also like these these timeless roles, but these modern roles, and 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 you can almost think like is this the right role? Like if you saw your mom or your dad in a certain role and you are the opposite role, then you kind of can sit with like, that can cause a crisis. It did in in ours because in my family, I'm much more like my dad and Casey is much more like my mom. Well, in, in Casey's mar- parents' marriage, I'm more like his mom and he's more like his dad. So he, we look very com- comfortable to him. But to me, I kept trying to push him to do and be like what I saw was needed to be done because that's what the dad did. And he would be like, like that was foreign to him. It wasn't how he's hardwired. And so that, that caused a whole bunch of problems that's in the book. Anyway, you're going to see all of our embarrassing worst (laughs) moments. Well, Um, now that you mentioned that, that's, that's really striking a chord, Tracy, because um, again, like my dad would work his butt off. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, in the beginning of our relationship, I was doing that. And Crystal has always made more money than I have, which mm-hmm. has never bothered me. Right. Um, because, I, again, my dad did 
did a lot of hard work and he got paid very well for it. And my mom would kind of have some jobs here and there, mostly part-time stuff, but he was always a made breadwinner. So throughout our, rela- our entire relationship, Crystal has been the main breadwinner. And mm-hmm. I have just, for so many years, I just worked so hard and it was just a slog sometimes because that was just yeah. how it was supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, whether I was making more money or not, I'm the man, I have to work yeah. really, really hard. I have to do manual labor jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Wow. See that? Well, all right. You're already so like, regardless because... of the outcome or the return on your investment, which is the the income, the, the, the money that you're getting paid for slogging it and putting in all those hours, you keep putting in the hours, you keep miming the activity because that's what you're supposed to do, even though yeah. the return is not on your investment. And those are the things that we have to go like, whoa, whoa, people live their whole life doing that. And that's when I, I came up with these five C's and, and we had to get to that place where it was like, we have to unpack those differences and we have to look at them and say, you know, is this working for us? Is this working for you? Is this working for me? Rather than getting into the wheel of just continuing to do what was modeled for us, even if it doesn't fit for us. And I think a lot of couples get to the point where they don't even remember that point where they deterred from like, they could have had that conversation way back here. And then they're all the way down the line where they are so exhausted and separate from each other. And it's, it's way back, way, way, way back here when they could have made that decision to say, does this work for us anymore? Let's chart our new way. And so these five C's were really about, um, the first one is choose, choose your desired outcome. And that's that conversation where there's a million different ones. There's the big overarching one, like, Hey, are are you going to be the stay at home dad for a while and go to school and and pursue your passion? Or are you going to mime what and follow into the footsteps of your dad? Because that's what your dad did. And that's what dads do. Or are you going to choose your own path and choose your passion and follow after your your priorities for you and what works for our family? So choosing that desired outcome can be big or it can be like, hey, we need to have a date night so that we can be regularly connecting so that big, big things don't go years without being addressed. So choosing that desired outcome can be together and it can be separate. Sometimes Casey would come to me and he'd say, hey, this isn't working or hey, can we do this? And I didn't see it coming. And then sometimes we'd meet with, with, with you know, together and say, this is what we dream together. So every couple needs to have those you know, conversations where you choose, you dream a little bit and you choose what you really, really want for your marriage. And then the second one, I know um, I'm talking, I'm talking, but the second one would be communicate, communicating it clearly. And to, to me, honestly, this is where all relationships either level up or derail because mm-hmm. communication, what I say might not be what you hear. And what I'm saying might not really be what I mean, because if I'm not that great at communication, if I never, if I haven't been practicing my whole life, you know, I might come from a family that is, you know, we get big and loud and boisterous, but we don't really say succinctly what we mean, but we say a whole lot of words and the other person is checked out because they won't need it succinctly. And so learning to communicate in a way so that the other person actually hears what you're saying and your meaning um, that take that can take a long time and the hardest tool to master. So communicating clearly what you mean in such a way so that I don't put you on the defense and that um, so that you actually hear what I'm saying from a loving perspective so that we are moving forward together, not at odds with one another. Clear communication has the power to unlock intimacy in a marriage or completely shut it down. And when you have, when you take intimacy out of the way and it's just a bunch of words, you're like, you know, for those of you who can't see, I'm like knocking fists together. It like, <laughs> it, it becomes, con- it becomes conflict. 
And if you have been married for longer than, you know, two hours, you probably have had, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Hopefully you've had that before you got married, but some of you don't have it till you know after you get married and if you haven't seen conflict resolution like fitz had and like me my parents taught us as siblings how to resolve conflict but i didn't see it in my parents they did that privately behind closed mm -hmm. doors yep. casey in his family his pa parents were i love them dearly they're both passed away but they were alcoholics and they would get angry and they used drinking to fuel their courage to say what they really needed to say because they never mastered communication so it wasn't until they were had been drinking that they would say what they meant and it would be angry and it would be mean and it would be throwing things in the room not at each other like to hurt each other physically but breaking things against a wall where the kids were upstairs hearing it and hiding in their rooms and then they wouldn't speak for a week and then they'd start slowly talking nothing was resolved everything was pushed shoved under the carpet until the next everything was tucked under the carpet and not addressed until the next fight when dr they would drink again and decide to address it again where they would pull everything out from the carpet and throw it again like as ammunition verbal ammunition along with the things they were actually mm. throwing what? so that's where we came in how crazy is that you talk about expectations you know and and we don't have it perfect that's why i like the word messy in the title of your yeah. book oh, because be we don't have it figured out. We're not going to be perfect parents, um, you know, and uh, doing our best you know, both in a relationship and a family life is is hard. And that's why uh, having guides like yourself is so important. So, Josh, this has been so good, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's really good. If you want to hear more of that interview and show with Tracy Morrow, you can check it out on our podcast from April 8th, 2023. Plus, you can buy Tracy's best-selling book, Real Life Marriage, on Amazon.com or anywhere fine books are sold. Plus, you can check out our website at tracymorrow.com. That's tracymorrow.com. We're going to take our final break here, and when we come back, we'll be hearing from several of our guests with powerful answers to the multiplier question. You're not going to want to miss the wisdom and nuggets of gold that are coming up. You are listening to America's show that will help you stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. You only have one shot in this amazing one life, helping you make every single day count. This is One Shot, One Life. Thanks again for joining us today on One Shot, One Life. We really love having you with us, uh, listening in on the show. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. And if you want to stay up to date on all that's going on with One Shot, One Life, I highly recommend that you do so by simply joining our email community of over 10,000 people strong. Each week, we send out one email, not more than that, just one email to kind of update you on what we're doing, past shows, current shows, who we have coming up on the show, plus everything else that's new at One Shot, One Life. We'd love to have you join us. It's absolutely free. Simply go to OneShotOneLife.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and then right there, you can add yourself to the community. And we'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. Well, today we're having a highlight show of some of the most memorable guests from the past couple of years. And in our final segment, we're going to hear from some of our guests' answers to what I believe is one of the most powerful questions on the entire planet, and that is the multiplier question. And here's what it revolves around. If you knew then what you know now, think about that for a second. So here's the question. What is one thing that you wish you would have known earlier in life that it would have made a greater impact on you and those around you? The answers... Uh, to this question have been absolute gold. Let's start out with Karina Mayer. She's a licensed mental health counselor, and she gave us this answer back in July of 2021. 
Uh, one, that I don't know all of the answers, and two, because I'm not supposed to. Hmm. Like, I don't have to know all the answers. Right. Just like we were talking about with parents. Right. We don't have to know all the answers. Yeah. And it's good to have some people to lean back on, like yourself, to be able to talk to and share and learn so that we can navigate through life successfully. Well, and get those reminders. I'm going to be the first to tell you, like, you don't have it all figured out, and that's okay. Now let's hear from career brand strategist and award-winning author, Chelly Phillips. You know, I, I was thinking about this question, and um, the, the thing that I would say is to be a perpetual learner. Uh, you know, the world never stops, and technology is changing, jobs are changing, careers are changing, and you have to be able to adapt and go with that. And there's so many opportunities out there right now that you can learn new things. Um, you know, I, you can learn, you know, I, this is me. And I, I never try to quit learning. And, and right now I'm trying to learn how to play guitar following on YouTube. <laughs> nice. you know? And I can pick out one little song and I'm never playing it live for you ever, Doug. So don't even ask. <laughs> We're going to have you back on the show. We're going to test <laughs> you out for that. So, but that's what I would say. Just never quit learning. Always keep that mindset about you that you can always grow and develop. Here's one of our favorite duos on the show, Dan Delgado and Billy DeKid. So with my upbringing and the environment that I grew up in, I think uh, one thing that I wish I would have known earlier was that I'm worthy of success. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of limiting beliefs coming from the environment that I came from that you're not going to amount to anything, and this is life. And so I wish I would have known earlier that, that I was worthy of success. Wow. That's good. With me, it's more that uh, to tell myself at that time that everything's going to be okay. I was a happy person for sure. But at times I felt lost, right? And and I would tell myself, dude, everything's gonna be fine. Just relax, enjoy the ride. And and that's one thing that I'm doing now. It's like I have bigger goals now. You know, wherever I'm at in life, the thing is, you gotta keep keep following those goals and passion. And that's how you live. Otherwise, you start dying if you're not doing, if you're not pursuing to become better and those goals and passion. Yeah. This next answer comes from a guest who was one of the most talked about shows that we had in a long time. His name is Aaron Davis. He's an attitude expert, and he gave us this answer back in March of 2022. That's going to be out here, though, in the next four weeks, and we get it back out to the people. But they have to go with manwithmop.com. They can order theirs as well. That's good. I'm excited about it. He talked about um, just... Uh, it, it's just nice to be nice. Yes. Talk about that for a second. My dad... I mean, it's rare that you can go to a funeral or just when, when someone passed away... That, I mean, not a single person could say anything bad about my dad. Not a single person. And um, he was just, he just realized it's just nice to be nice. He would always say that. My father was nice to everyone. And so he'd always say it's just nice to be nice. You know, just simple wisdom and information and knowledge. All right, we have just a little about a minute here. Mm -hmm. And I want to get to this because when we have somebody as powerful as you on the show ask the multiplier questions, my final question, mm -hmm. if you knew then what you know now, what is one thing that you wish you'd have known earlier in life that would have made a greater impact on you and those around you? To have a sense of urgency. Mm. I mean, a sense, hence why that Psalms 90 and 12 teach us to number our days. Have a sense of urgency to live through the pain, uh, through the good, the bad, but keep living. Don't stop. Because we don't get days back. We can get money back. We can't get right. days back. And finally, we'll wrap up with Pat Miller, small business expert. I think the answer is building relationships in a different way than I tried to do before. When I was in radio the first time, and when I was out there trying to be a professional, I thought getting to know people would give them the chance to see if I had any talent and I could get to where I need to go. 
And as soon as I left the radio business and learned properly how to network, this is the thing I wish I knew, which is how can I help you? The end. Mm. The way you build relationships is get to know people and help relentlessly without reserve. And as you show up and get to know people, and as you show up and give by default, that's where real relationships are made. That's how you become a positive node in someone's network. And the opportunities are limitless if you have the courage and compassion to give as a habit. Those were so good. I, I, here's what I would encourage you to do. Go back to the podcast, re-listen to them again, write them down, and live them out in your life. So if you would like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find them on all podcast platforms. Simply search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast service. And you can also find more information about the show and other resources at OneShotOneLife.com. A special thanks to my executive producer, Josh Floyd, today. And until next time, take full advantage of your amazing One Life and make every single day count. One Shot, One Life. Thank you for listening to the One Shot, One Life show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song. Join a mastermind group, purchase one of our online courses, and more. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com. One